Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Final four in town. Double a header tomorrow night at Target Center. Should be a great atmosphere. The court looks good. The teams are great. Louisville, South Carolina at 6 in the night. Cap at 8.30. UConn and Stanford. Paige Beckers returns home with the Huskies. Overcomes a big injury and helps her team beat North Carolina State in the regional final to get to the final four. Her high school coach, Good enough to join us right now. Brian Cosgrove joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. And uh, Brian, always good to visit with you. I hope all is well. Yes, thank you very much for having me on, Steve. I appreciate it. It's a great show you got going here. Well, happy to see your friendly face at Augsburg at that section final. Uh, Providence Academy, you're an assistant coach now at Providence, taking on Holy Family. Great atmosphere at Augsburg. I got there really early got set up on PrepSpotlight.tv, and then the Providence student section stood right in front of me, and I ended up watching the game on my laptop, trying to do the play-by-play that night. But uh, Providence goes on to win it, and I uh, had a great state tournament, so congrats. Thank you very much. It was a, it was a, a unique experience for me as well, and uh, such great kids at Providence. And, and I learned a ton from the young head coach, Connor Getz, over there. So um, just feel real real fortunate to be part of the program and uh, part of that school over there. Yeah, and, and the high school game has meant so much to you and your your long career and uh, for, for years as a Hopkins head coach and uh, being on that state tournament run, it, 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 there's just nothing like it. And it, it was a terrific state tournament over at the U, Maturi Pavilion and uh, Williams Arena. And I couldn't help but think, uh, the Ohio State tournament you were a head coach in with Hopkins. Paige Backers was there. They pulled the plug on it. That was it. The the oh. high school sports season came to a close. I, I was at Maturi Pavilion, called that game that day, and then that was it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a bizarre situation, and I'll never forget it because we were on a 62-game winning streak. And we were about to play Farmington on Saturday. And the night before, we had played uh, Stillwater in the, in, the Still, in the state tournament semis. And they told us, you know, we're going to have the game, but we're only going to get two, uh, two spectators per player. And I said, you know what, that's fine. That's, I have no problem. Let's just let us, let, let us play the game because the NCAA had gotten shut down and the NBA was getting shut down. But I was like... Holy cow! This is—they can't shut us down, you know. So we were at school on Friday. I'd been up there watching film since about six in the morning, and got the call. And then you had to call the kids, and it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do as a coach is explain to them, oh. you know what, season's over, and um, and I'll never forget the expression, especially on my seniors. You know, they weren't going to get to play, and then on top of that, our banquet got canceled because we were going to have the banquet on Sunday. But yet they sent us back to a school of 2,500 kids. It, it, at the time, you were kind of upset about it because you just didn't know what was going on. 
you understand it now looking back on the situation, but you were pretty upset, you know. Yeah, and, and you feel for all the kids because uh, you know how hard it is to get there and how hard these kids had worked. And Paige Backers was, was a part of a very special group, and you, you've coached a lot of great players over the years. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, uh, you know, having gone through it now at 2A and 4A, it's totally different. But I'll tell you what, regardless of whatever class you're in, the experience is just as unique and just as exhilarating and thrilling for yep. each school. And to have it shut down like that, it was very hard. Yeah, and, you know, throughout the, the course of that season, the buildup was, you know, one, the, this wonderful career that that group had had together. And, of course, you know, Paige and, and you know, <laughs> playing for so long and, and really being on everybody's radar, whether – you were a casual basketball fan or a hardcore basketball fan. Everybody knew Paige Beckers, and this was her last high school game, and to have that taken away as well really stands out. It really does, and, and the unfortunate part about it is we had a great group of underclassmen who were on that team that went on to um, win it this year, um, yeah. you know, with Maya Battle, Maya Naji, Nuno Agara, Taylor Woodson. You know, A.C. Contreras, Kelly Boyle, uh, those kids were all on that team. And uh, it was nice to see them win it this year. Sure. But the thing about it was, is Paige was so close with a lot of those kids. And, you know, what I always tell people, you know, enjoy this moment because you'll never know if you'll have everybody back together again because there's, you know, people go their different ways after games. And, um, you know, it was um, it was tough to handle, but yet, I look back on it and I kind of go, how blessed was I to coach this amazing young lady for, you know, five or six years. And you never really appreciate the moment until it becomes a memory. And you look at things and you kind of go, dang, the good Lord was smiling on me because I've had so many great players come through. I heard Gino Ariama say tonight, you know, he goes, Know, somebody asked him, you only win national championships when you got really great players. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, there, there's a wise guy. You know, what, what the yeah. heck? <laughs> you know, I, I, we were very good because we had great players, and Paige was number one on the list. Yeah, and, you know, it, we, we, we've talked about this before, and I'm sure you've told this story many times, but the, the first time I saw her play, it was like, wow. This this is a, a unique talent. It is a very young kid and just continues to get better and better. But you saw day in and day out in practice, you know, you know the the work behind the scenes. You know, people go to the games or watch a state tournament on TV or now watch her play on television. But that is years of hard work by a young woman. No question about it. I saw her play as a second grader at halftime on the Williams Arena floor of, like, the the Gophers. The Lady Gophers were playing, and she was out there playing huh. halftime versus, like, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, and she was dominating back then. And, and the funny thing about her is as a seventh grader, we had a really good team, so uh, we won the state championship that year in 2015. She was a seventh grader. And back then we got – three halves a night for kids and so she would play two halves of the sophomore game and lead the sophomore team to an undefeated season and then 
she would get a half of the JV game right after that. And the JV team would be either tied or behind. And then she would lead the JV team to the undefeated season. And then as an eighth grader, she started her varsity career in her first game. She went seven for seven from three against the number one team in the state. And at that point, you knew this kid is going to go on to do great things. Yeah, a wonderful high school career and leaves Hopkins even without that that final state championship game as a as as a legend of the game, uh, boys or girls in this state, and then goes on to UConn. One thing a lot of people don't realize, and and few people have been through it, and in the recruitment process is a Division one athlete. You've had a number of players go through that o- over the years. What was that experience like with Paige? Was it always UConn and playing for Gino Ariyama? Did you, did you get that sense early on? Oh, yeah. After every season, you always have exit meetings with your players. And as an eighth grader, we sat down, and, and I'll never forget, she sat across the table from me. I go, Paige, if you could pick one school where you'd want to play, where would you want to go? And she said, UConn. And I said, well, I have the coach's number because Marissa – Mosley, who's now the current coach at Wisconsin, was an assistant out there. And before that, she was an assistant at the University of Minnesota, so I knew her quite well. I said, let's give her a call. And the funny thing about it is Marissa answered, and and we started talking. I said, I got this kid here you, you're going to want to put on your radar. She's pretty special. And uh, her name is Paige Beckers. you got to follow her this summer on the AAU circuit. And then I said, you know, because at the time I was really good friends with Joe Sensor, the Vikings tight end well he and gino were college roommates oh wow and yeah and so i said you tell coach gino that i'm really good friends with his college roommate so we had that connection going and then she went out um and played in a bunch of aau tournaments they followed her and by her sophomore year coach ariama was all over her and wanted her and you know Paige has always wanted to go there, but, you know, when you get the likes of Stanford and Notre Dame and Oregon and South Carolina and University of Minnesota coming through your gym, it gets pretty difficult. But at the end of the day, Coach Ariama was an amazing recruiter, great guy, down-to-earth, very approachable. You know, he, he won her over, and the rest is kind of history. And, and I suppose it's hard to keep track of it because there's been so many good players and um the, the, these players went on to college careers and, and so on and so forth. Do you have any sense on how many times Gino came to town to actually see her play in a Hopkins uniform? I bet you he came through at least probably 20 times. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, he was here a lot over the course of her recruitment process. And, and every time, you know, after an open gym or a game, you know, he would stick around to talk to you or we would go out for a beer afterwards or something like that. I mean, he's he's just a great guy. He really is a great, great guy. And you know why people are going out to UConn? Because he's a great coach and kids want to play for him. And that's why they're winning, you know, national championships and have been to the Final Four 14 straight times. In, in your experience in, in coaching Paige in her high school career, and she's gone on and had an amazing career already at UConn and will play in the Final Four at Target Center. What about the behind-the-scenes stuff, though, as a practice player and 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 someone who is engaged with her teammates? And you, you could see on the floor she makes the players around her better, but what about day in, day out in practice and behind the scenes and, and the stuff that 
you, you can't buy a ticket and see. Well, you can't because, you know, she's the first one at the gym, last one to leave, you know, finishes first in every sprint, um, you know, wants to shoot the crucial free throw in the drills, wants to shoot the final shot and all those, you know, the, um, you know, the game situations. And just the fact that she worked her tail off for her craft, I mean, she was she was an amazing workhorse. And the other thing that she really liked to do is she loved to be around the kids. I'll never forget she would come to, like, the Hopkins Public Library on Saturdays and read stories to kids or come to the elementaries and read to kids. And she ran her own basketball camp out in, in Mon- Montana called Buckets with Beckers. And, you know, she was just a, a real positive person. Hmm. Um, when when she went on to immediate success at UConn Freshman of the Year, I know we had kind of talked about that, and I, you, you were good enough to join me one of these nights when I was sitting in for Mike or Henry. I can't remember. But but you, you didn't seem that at all surprised that being on that big stage and in that spotlight that, that you would have success. And then the adversity and the injury this year and a lot of basketball fans say oh it's a bummer she she might not be back or able to you know potentially come to the final four there's no guarantees um but but her comeback and then her performance in that regional final i suppose you weren't a bit surprised well i wasn't you know i was i'm not gonna lie i i i thought she'd go out to uconn and be great i didn't think she'd win college player of the year in her freshman year for sure you know i didn't think that um you know when she got hurt i wasn't a thousand percent sure she'd be able to make it back and then when i watched her play you could see she wasn't the same old page but as this thing wore you wore on and she got more confident with with her injury um you could see that she was coming back and then as that game wore on i was like well she's got four points in the first half um, they're, the team is up. They're in good shape. And then, I, on the other hand, I was like, you know what? <laughs> NC State's going. We're only down four or six at the half, we're, 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 and we're not playing that well. We're in good shape. So I was sitting there thinking, well, if they're going to win this, Paige is going to have to play a lot better this half. And as that half went on, and then they got to overtime, I was like, Paige is putting this team on her back. She's going to win this thing. It's 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 just. It's just a matter of time. You could see it coming. Yeah, and, and that had to be so thrilling because of how much time you, you've, you've, you've spent with her in, in the gym and at games to see that. I, I, I suppose that was just a thrilling moment for you, and I, I suppose you feel that success for all your former players that, that go on and whatever success they have, but in that moment, that, it, that had to be something for you. It was really special. We were at Main Street Bar and Grill in downtown Hopkins, and I was with uh, Ted Reverso, the Augsburg uh, women's head coach, and we were diagramming plays on napkins. And we're saying they got to do this, <laughs> they got to do that, and the whole bar—I mean, it just—it became Becker's headquarters, and everyone was high-fiving and screaming at the TVs, and it was just a really cool environment to know that. You know, the, the the town of Hopkins was behind. They kept calling her Paige Buckets. And, uh, you know, they were high-fiving us and screaming at the TVs. It was really a cool environment. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to, to step up in a big spot like that and get 
UConn back to their 14th consecutive Final Four. You know, the history and the pressure and all the expectations that go on, it, it didn't seem to be um, too much for her. No, no. I mean, she, I, I will tell you this. Her junior and senior year, I mean, we would play in front of, you know, I bet you 2,000 to 1,000 people every night. And I remember going to Farmington. It was like the second or third game of her senior year, and the place was packed. And the whole crowd was yelling, overrated, overrated. And she would just come down, drop a dime on somebody or hit the three. And, you know, she would just, hey, this is how I roll. And uh, <laughs> she was she was just really used to that kind of pressure. She was. Her, her junior year, she was sicker than a dog for the state championship. And she w- willed our team to a state championship her junior year. So um, her sophomore year, unfortunately, we didn't win it, but it wasn't because of Paige. She scored 47 in that game against Eastview. So, I mean, <laughs> she's always stepped up in big games. And that's why my money, I'll tell you what, my money's on UConn. Now, of course, I'm biased, but yet, mark my words, this is the stuff of uh, fairy tales. I, it really is. Yeah, and what's crazy about it, we brought it up earlier in the show, and and I think a lot of people get this sense that UConn gets the win over North Carolina State in a great regional final, and they're on the way to another Final Four, and they're going to be, as Chris Tubbs pointed out, over 1,300 miles from Storrs, Connecticut, and they're going to have one of the great home court advantages Friday night in in Final Four history, I mean, my sense is it's going to feel like a UConn home game tomorrow night. I agree, Steve. I, I just think there's going to be so many people there cheering for UConn simply because of Paige and the type of person that she is, as well as being from Minnesota. I think it's going to be a great environment for, for UConn. I'm hoping they can pull it out. Um, I'm hoping for Coach Ariama as well as, as Paige because uh, – just they're great people yeah well uh great teams great tournament final four brian always good to visit with you thanks so much for the time thank you for having me on steve i really appreciate it and doing a great job here so good to see you at the tournament and thanks for the coverage of high school sports buddy all right there he is brian cosgriff uh page backers high school coach at hopkins and he joined us on the john schuster coldwell banker hotline much more coming up country star cancels the concert because he wants to watch a men's final four game between duke and carolina we'll get into that timberwolves tomorrow night in denver a later start pregame 7 30 tip after eight o'clock twins fall in the grapefruit league today four to three to the red sox uh, Chris Archer will pitch tomorrow against the Braves at noon next radio Saturday. It'll be the Twins and the Rays. Uh, Devin Smeltzer will be on the mound. And then Sunday, another noon radio game against the Orioles. Henry Lake has the night off. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider fame, uh, coming up tonight after 9 o'clock. Vikings talk and much, much more on the program. Uh, coming up around the corner, we'll talk NASCAR. Uh, they were at Circuit of Americas uh, in Austin, Texas for a road race. Now they're at Richmond, one of the old school tracks. We'll get an update on NASCAR. And then that story that really stands out. Eric Church canceled the show because he said, sorry, I want to watch a Final Four Duke in North Carolina, uh, the men's Final Four 
in New Orleans on Saturday. Uh, we will get into that before the end of the program. Stephen, for Mike, it is Sports to the Max here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. Timberwolves and Nuggets tomorrow night. Season winding down. Timberwolves will be in. Looks like the play in the seventh seed. That would mean at the moment they would play the L.A. Clippers. And a win there would likely send them against number two Memphis in the first round of the playoffs. Twins get beat in the Grapefruit League by the Red Sox 4-3. to And then Chris Archer gets his first start of the spring tomorrow at noon against the Braves down in Florida. Opening day one week away at Target Field. And uh, Joe Ryan will get the start. Uh, for the Twins on opening day at Target Field. Hopefully the weather cooperates for that. Uh, the weather cooperated down in Texas for NASCAR at Circuit of the Americas and a bit of a surprise winner on the road course. Reed Spencer joins us, NASCAR Wire Service. And if memory serves, the weather wasn't so good uh, a year ago, but it was much better this year. Yeah, absolutely right. What a contrast. I mean, it was a deluge um Last year, when they did the inaugural races at at Cove, the inaugural NASCAR races, I mean, it was it, you could all you could have almost built an arc in the infield at that one. <laughs> this year was perfect, and and absolutely a surprise winner. Although somebody who has been practicing his road course chops, Ross Chastain, the Watermelon Man, who uh, used the bumper quite a bit in that final lap after he got the bumper used on him by. A.J. Allmendinger, but uh, a little pinball action in those final two corners, and Chastain came up the winner, his first NASCAR Cup Series victory. Well, and it goes without saying, Reed, in this uh, relatively new format, it's been around for a while, wins are a big deal if you want to get into the postseason. That's absolutely right, and if, if, you know, if you go by past form, a win just about guarantees you a spot in the playoffs. Um, we could have a situation uh, since we've had different winners every week that um, you know that somebody who has a win may get shut out of the playoffs if we have sixteen or seventeen different winners. But that is the the far exception rather than the rule. And Ross Chastain, I believe, you know, certainly will get into the playoffs this year if form holds. Yeah, and read one of the things I saw on social media during that race. I caught most of it from my couch here in Minnesota. Not not one hundred percent of it, but I caught a, a good part of the show. One of the things I noticed on social media where they some of the fans were saying maybe the race was a little bit too long. Did you get any feedback from the drivers or the crews that maybe they ran a few too many laps? What's your read on that? Well, no, I I really don't think so. I mean, the race went very, very smoothly for the first two stages, as is often the case, because the intensity comes as they're racing for the win. But they they only ran 68 laps um, total. 38 laps was the final stage after uh, 15 laps in the the first two. But but no, I, I don't think any of the drivers have a sense that that race is too long. I mean, you know, I would, I would, argue that a 500 miler the week before it at atlanta um didn't need to be that long as as, you know in in terms of that sort of knuckle you know white knuckle uh drafting (laughs) close quarters racing that they had at atlanta once they 
turned that into a an Urzot Super Speedway. But but no, I didn't get any sense that the road course race at, at Austin was was too long at all. Do, do the drivers like this the the the, the fact that that they have added more road racing? Do, do the drivers get a kick out of this? Well, some do. Um, <laughs> okay. you, can certainly, you can certainly say that guys like A.J. Allmendinger, uh, Chase Elliott, certainly like this kind of racing. Um, the guys who are perhaps not as adept at turning right as well as turning left may have a little issue with that. But, I mean, you look at Chase Elliott. Um, he hasn't won an oval track race since the season finale in 2020 when he won the championship. So I'm sure he's, he's plenty happy to have as many road yeah. course races as possible. And, you know, the, the whole field has gotten so much better at the discipline that, you know, you can no longer bring in road course ringers and expect them to compete for the win uh, because the top guys – who are NASCAR regulars uh, and are racing every week are just as good now and have just as good equipment as the guys who come in and, and try to steal a win. Uh, this week, uh, head for a good old-fashioned track, Richmond. Yeah, Richmond is, you know, traditionally it's been the action track, but in recent years it's been a little lackluster in terms of the, uh, the nature of the racing there. And, in fact, you know, I have to go back to 2008 or, or maybe even a, a couple of years after that when Kyle Busch um, gave, or excuse me, when Carl Edwards gave Kyle Busch the bump and run on the final lap, which was actually the first last lap pass that had ever occurred at Richmond for a cup win. Or, you know, a couple of years earlier when Kyle Busch took out Dale Earnhardt with a few laps left, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, but, in recent years, the past decade, Richmond racing has not been that exciting. So what I'm hoping is that with the balance of this new car, the fact that it's a symmetrical car and that it has all kinds of different characteristics from last year's car, including, uh, you know, the sequential five-speed transmission, uh, rack and pinion steering, you know, different rear end, uh, all things like that, 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 this will make uh, Richmond a better race, and I and I think it certainly will because these cars are much harder to control, and the guys that aren't used to um, sliding a car as much as, as these cars will slide and will go over the edge on the right rear um, have been having some trouble with them. So here we are at the end of March still very early in the season. When you look up and down the standings, uh, does anything stand out? For me, I, I want to bring up Kyle Larson, where he sits in the points right now. Now, he does have a win, but uh, he's he's had some tough weeks as well here early in the season, but but the win is huge. Oh, oh absolutely. And, and, you know, establishing that win early in the game, early in the season, gives you a lot of freedom to experiment and to get ready for the uh, for the ten race playoff, um, so I'm I'm not really worried about Kyle Larson. Um, what what I think is one of the most interesting things about um, the racing so far is that you have to go back well into last season. I think I think it's reached twelve races now 
that we've had winners under 30 years old. And, you know, that certainly didn't used to be the norm in cup racing. It used to be you started your career maybe in your late 20s or early 30s. Now we've got a dozen straight winners who are under 30. And that it seems to me that we are absolutely undergoing a changing of the guard in the series now. And I think you can expect some of the 40-somethings to be out of the series within the next few years. Yeah, uh, it, it is all about uh, the kids uh, right right now. NASCAR will... Reed, always good to visit with you, and uh, we, we certainly appreciate your updates, and uh, I'll be watching at Richmond, and hopefully we get a good one, and they're slipping and sliding around. I hope so, too. That, that would be great. You know, it'd be nice to see some uh, some real short track racing and trading pain at Richmond. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. Take care. You too, Steve. Thanks a bunch. All right, there he is, Reed Spencer. Joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, getting us up to date on NASCAR. They were down in Austin. I, I would love to see that track, and I was down in Texas for a wedding, and we just didn't have time to take a, a detour and, and check it out, Circuit of the Americas, outside of Austin, Texas. This time they're in Richmond, Virginia, this weekend, and it is a lot of fun. If you ever get a chance to go to a race, it it is a good time. Television does a good job covering the sport, but being there in person is uh, a really good time. 8.45, 15 minutes now in front of 9 o'clock. It is Sports to the Max. Steve Thompson sitting in for Mike Max. Henry Lake has the night off. Matthew Collar from Purple Insider sits in for Henry after 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, A lot on the Vikes plus much, much more. The Wilder in action tonight. Timberwolves are idle. They get Denver tomorrow night, a pregame at 7.30. When we come back, uh, big music star postponed a concert to watch the men's final for North Carolina Duke. We'll get into that story in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Now, musicians cancel shows all the time. Uh the tragedy of the Foo Fighters. Uh, They have canceled dates for the foreseeable future due to the passing of drummer Taylor Hawkins. So, you know, things happen. People get sick, or or in this case, uh, one of the members of the band tragically passed away, and and no one can blame uh, Foo Fighters for for doing what they did. Uh, But Eric Church canceled the concert down in San Antonio so he can go watch UNC and Duke in the Final Four. Now, I thought at first he, he just canceled this thing, Chris Tubbs, because he wanted to watch on TV. No, he's going no. to the game. I don't know. I don't know if this is a good move at all. I, I, you were talking about, you know, the shows do get canceled. Sometimes it's out of your control. Oh, Sure. And this coming on the heels, no pun intended, of what happened with the Foo Fighters and Taylor Hawkins. I was disappointed and crushed because I love Foo Fighters. I'm a big Dave Grohl fan. They were a bucket list band for me. Right. I I went down a Foo Fighter rabbit hole last weekend because I I love Foo Fighters and the Taylor Hawkins thing is is crushing. So when they have to cancel because of the death of their bandmate and somebody who's been Understand. so influential, completely understandable. 
as much as we don't want it as fans. And then you hear Eric Church, I want to go watch a college basketball game. Uh, to me, this seems extremely disrespectful to your fans. It seems extremely disrespectful for the people who have made plans to go see you. Maybe people have traveled. Maybe people have made accommodations oh, sure. to stay at a hotel. Like, this is, this is it. This is it. And you're telling them, no, nah, I'd, I'd rather. And I don't care if it's Carolina having a chance to knock off Coach K in his final year. I don't care. The bottom line is you are you're letting your fans down. And to me, Steve, you brought up a great point as well when we were kind of kicking this around earlier. Would you? Well, and, and, the, and the point being is, if you're such a big Carolina fan, and they mm-hmm. did beat Duke in Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor, mm-hmm. is why are you scheduling a concert during the Final Four? Schedule the concert on Sunday when it when it's a day off. They they play the semifinals for yeah. the men on Saturday and the championship game on Monday night. So so there's a scheduling error there. If there's a chance your beloved North Carolina Tar Heels could get to the final four, and what are they an eight seed? So it was a long shot. But I I think to cancel on your fans, I I can't imagine his management is all that through. It's, now, it's, it's dirty pool is, is what it is. This is not a once-in-a-lifetime moment. For, for me, that's, that's the thing. And I, I was thinking, well, you know, what happened? If this well, they've never a, played in the Final Four. Big whoop. Big whoop. So I, what? Do they not play each other every single year? Do two they, times a year, I mean, usually. okay, so I, I'm not a smart man, but I'm pretty Sometimes sure one. Sometimes only defending. But, I mean, think about that, though, Steve. You're putting that out there. How many times have you seen these two teams? And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, it's on the Final Four. I mean, if, if going to see Eric Church might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for somebody who doesn't get that shot very often. Now, now he has rescheduled the show. We, it, it, it doesn't just work for everybody, though. It doesn't work yeah, for everybody. No. Though. I mean, people make plans for that specific day. And it's like, well, I'm going to – sometimes you can go to a, a show one day, but you can't go another day. Yeah, I. it, it is bad form. There, there's just no question about that. But here's the thing. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of his, so maybe his fans are forgiving enough and they're saying, well, I understand. and I know how that goes as well. I, I, I just think that – you, you better not do that too much because I, I, I think on occasion any any artist, performer that makes a mistake at taking their fans for granted, that that that's a bad move. And, and, and that's I, and, and that's, that's what that's I feel like and that's what I feel know? like he is because and again I just maybe it wouldn't bother me as much if it wasn't for the whole Taylor Hawkins thing because the Foo Fighters had no choice. Eric yeah. Church had a choice. And he is telling his fans, you are not as important as me wanting to go watch. By the way, he's not even an alum of North Carolina. He's just a hardcore fan. He's just a hardcore fan. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean. And, and here's the thing that maybe bothers me mm-hmm. is that he's probably going to have really good seats. Oh, he's going to have courtside. <laughs> he's going to have that Steve Thompson excuse. Don't you know who yeah. I am? He's gonna yeah, be he's gonna be right. rolling in, you know, with all the ice, and he's gonna have the posse. And I mean, I've seen the way that you enter, you know, Target Center. You don't have to lie to me. Yeah, 
you got the wrong guy. Um, we have the right guy coming up, though. Henry Lake has the night off. Matthew Collar from Purple Insider. It, it's been so fun to visit with him when I've had a chance to sit in for Maxie or Henry, or he's been good enough to join me on Saturdays. Matthew Collar's in tonight for Henry from 9 to 1. A lot on the Vikes, plus much, much more. Timberwolves and Nuggets tomorrow night. Uh, he'll he'll put a wrap on the wild game there in St. Paul tonight against the Penguins. That is all on the way of following the news at 9 o'clock. Big thank yous to Chris Tubbs, our producer on the program. Big thank you uh, to everyone who had a chance to uh, tune in to part mm-hmm. of the program here tonight. Uh, we'd also like to thank uh, Doe Young Park, Twins reporter for MLB.com, and uh, former Hopkins girls basketball coach Brian Cosgriff. Uh, he coached Paige Beckers throughout her high school career, and now uh, she will be one of the main attractions at the Final Four, the women's Final Four of both games tomorrow night. UConn plays in the late game on Friday night, championship game on Sunday. Uh, once again, the news, Matthew Collar coming up for Henry Lake here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.